0: to actually have shared with you the sort of three midweek services. It's quite nice. It's always been a small group. Um, I do do big groups, but (laughs) it's been nice to be in a small group like this. Now, Ascension Day. I think this is possibly the most misunderstood event of all the great events of this period of um, Easter to Pentecost. And I'm certain it's the most underestimated of them. I've heard it kind of described, in effect, as being, well, it had to end somehow. Jesus couldn't stay forever, therefore he had to go into heaven. As if it's like a holy full stop. And it isn't. I mean, kind of, that's true, but it is much, much, much more than that. When i finished, I hope that you'll have a bit of a new appreciation of what the Ascension means. Possibly you have it already. Possibly you could teach me. I don't know. But also an appreciation of how it fits into the whole of salvation history and what God was doing so that we can worship better and have a real idea of our future. So that's kind of what I'm trying to lead you. A bit like a teacher their lesson plan. That's that's the aim. I might fail dismally, we'll see. So what happened? Question to everyone here. Do you think he literally went up into the sky? Hands up. Who thinks he literally went up into the sky? Hands up. One, two. Come on, you've you've got one side or the other. No choice. And who thinks actually it's metaphorical? He didn't actually go up. Those who didn't put their hands up are now sitting uncomfortably on the fence because I'm forcing you. Now, you do see the dilemma a little bit. Um, I used to do Ascension Day in a school, a little first school, actually, with anyone at age eight, and I used to illustrate it by letting off balloons into the sky as as a visual image for them to remember. I do believe this was literal, But I also believe it was metaphorical and that is more important. I will explain. It is not just about, if you're into this kind of thing, beam me up Scotty. That is not the point. Why did Jesus go up? Well, it is because, if you know Hebrew or Semitic languages, the word for heaven and the word for sky is the same. They had the idea, therefore, by him doing this, that he was going to heaven. I believe, if you like, if they believed that heaven was in the trees, he would have climbed a tree. I'm sorry, I'm being silly about this, but do you see what I mean? He did it so they thought he was going to heaven, which he was. But not because, and this is what some atheists will tell us now, so this is why I'm saying it, Jesus is really hovering around Mars somewhere waiting to return. We don't believe that. That's foolish, isn't it? That's not what it means. He went up to give us a visual illustration of how wonderful he is and what he was doing. Not because he is literally now somewhere in outer space. That is not the idea. The idea is, of course, he has gone to be with God. More of that in a moment towards the end but the second thing is the cloud he went into a cloud what was the cloud any ideas thank you it was not cumulonimbus it was not cirrus it was the very presence of God now that is why that Daniel reading is always read during this service Because you have the Son of Man going to glory on the clouds of glory. If you remember, Jesus' most common description of himself was Son of Man. Now, of course, that is very um, elusive. We're all, well, if we're male, we're all sons of men. Uh, As a man, I'm a son of a man. But he's also the title giving in Daniel to the one who goes to the Ancient of Days in glory where there is judgment of all creation. And the clouds of heaven, therefore, are what's known as the Shekinah glory. It is the clouds that were in the temple. It is the um, pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day that led the Israelites through the desert, the very presence of God. It is the cloud of the baptism where God spoke. It's the cloud of the transfiguration which enveloped them. This is not cumulonimbus. This is the presence of God himself. And so we have the reason I suggested that song, Majesty, good oldie, is because exactly that. Jesus has gone to reign in glory with his Father, wherever geographically that is. And he will return, the angel said, in the same way. So if you like, that's the bare bones of it. But we can misunderstand the importance. What does it tell us about heaven? Well, it does tell us that heaven is not, in the sense we normally think of, up there. And we are down here. That isn't the idea at all. In this, Jesus' life intersects heaven and earth. They come together. Again, more of that in a moment. And when he returns, there will be a perfect intersection. And so the point is this heaven is not just spiritual, and earth is not just physical. Both are both. And we've been taught this about earth a lot. We're well, look, we are spiritual beings and we're material beings. But if nothing else, the very presence of Jesus right now at his Father's right hand tells us that heaven must be physical. Because Jesus is material. He is matter. Now this is astonishing. And we, I hope minds begin to boggle slightly. I hope that's the case because it's not always what we've been taught in the Western Church. One of the great heresies is that we will go up to heaven and sit on a cloud playing a harp and looking frankly silly. It is not that at all. It is not just spiritual. And of course, the Holy Spirit was sent to earth a few days later at Pentecost. God, the incarnate God, goes to heaven and God the Spirit comes to earth. It is not that the spirit couldn't come before Jesus went up. It is that we are seeing the intersection of heaven and earth right now. Okay, now that's really quite complicated, isn't it? Maybe. I'm going to try and give you two illustrations of how it works. Okay, let's get down to earth. Now, I used to teach in a school called the Imam Baccalaureate School in Jordan. And this school, I could have brought a slide actually, but never mind. Um, is the most wonderful building. Its aim was to be sort of like the Harrow Eaton of Jordan, um, founded by the Crown Prince at the time. And it's built on a steep hillside. And I can tell you there are many, many steps from the bottom to the top. Um, I'd never counted them because I went down as little as possible. And at the bottom is the junior school. And at the top is the senior school. And the only way, or the only reasonable way from the junior school to the senior school is up the steps and it's laid out so that you have kindergarten at the very bottom and you go up in the years till you get to the sixth form at the very very top and it is really quite splendid now if you want to walk or move from junior school to senior school you have to go up the steps it is literally up but I'm sure you can understand he's also metaphorical. You're going up the school. And if you are a junior, you graduate to the senior. You go up. That is kind of what the ascension is like. And the head teacher is the same head for the junior and the senior. But the head's offices are up in the senior school. And he rarely went down to the junior school. But everyone knew who the head was. Every now and again, edicts and missives and instructions and what have you would flow down by email or by paper or whatever to tell everyone what to do. Everyone knew the character of the head, but the head rarely visited the junior school. I mean, in reality, it's because there was a deputy head who did it, but you get my illustration. I hope. The spirit of the head was throughout the whole school. The way he was was the way the school was run. Now imagine for a minute in my school there was a gate across the steps between the junior and senior school. And that gate was only one way. If you're a junior you could only go up, you couldn't come back again. But the seniors could go both ways, they had a key let's say. That is a bit like what it is now. We, if you like, will graduate in the fullness of time to the senior school. And we don't really know what it's like. We're not sure. We're not altogether certain. We might be a bit afraid of going there, frankly. But the head has visited and gone back again. And we know it's possible. And every so often, if you like, an angel comes around, or sorry, a teacher comes down, and you get an idea. And one day, the gates will be taken away, and the two schools will completely intermingle. And that is the return of Jesus. The head, if you like, will come down and take the gate away. Now, the reason I'm using this illustration is to say the school is essentially the same school. It is not that the upper school is something entirely different. It is simply more glorious, better and unknown. And that is where Jesus went. So something we will recognise and understand, and yet it's beyond our comprehension right now, because we're only like six-year-olds who can't really imagine what an 18-year-old school is like. There's one illustration of what happened at the Ascension. Jesus came down to the junior school, as it were, showed himself, let it be understood, and then went back to his office and he will return. Now, you might not find that a good illustration. I don't know. I hope it helps a little bit. I want to give a second illustration. And for this, I need two volunteers. Oh, thank you. Isn't that amazing? I've never actually had people unless it's children. Right. No, fear not, fear not. If you, sorry, I forgot your names. Dave and Johnson. Dave and Johnson. Right, Dave and Johnson. Okay. You need to face the, the congregation. Indeed. No, 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 no. Johnson, behave, behave. I said I want to give you an idea of what the whole of salvation history was about. And I hope this will help a little bit. At the beginning, there was earth and there was heaven, and it was called the Garden of Eden, and they were one. They were together. And then, and the blue one, if you like, is like sky, but it's actually heaven, and the green one is like earth. It's like down here. And then there was sin and the fall, and the two were separated. So they didn't any longer come together. And this is the place of God, if you like, in heaven. And He was now absent from the Garden of Eden because of sin. That was the beginning of the problem. Want to make sure I don't Yeah. And then, if you read your Old Testament, you'll find that occasionally God intervenes on Earth. So, if we just move those together, so they touch, you'll find in the Old Testament occasionally you see God giving a message to Abraham or whatever. And then a little bit later in the Old Testament, you have the temple, which I mentioned earlier, where the very presence of God actually is there. Only in one very small place, in Jerusalem, you have God promising to be in the temple. And so we have earth and heaven overlapping in that one place. That's why it was so important. He promised he would be there. Now, you understand this illustration. I'm simplifying a lot, but I hope it helps you to remember it a bit. And then our Lord came, the incarnation. And you have a greater overlap. You have God himself on earth as man showing us exactly what he used the New Testament's words, the kingdom of heaven was like. And then we have the events of Easter. And our Lord is crucified. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then you have resurrection. And we have the beginning of... Well, the incarnation was the beginning, but the beginning of the church and all those who are part of God's kingdom as the kingdom of heaven. And after the resurrection, two things happened. One was Ascension and the other was Pentecost. And both of those events meant this happened. There was greater intersection. Why? Well, we understand Pentecost. God comes as the Holy Spirit. But the Ascension... Jesus goes to the Father as a physical man to intercede for us, to plead for us, to be there for us, the crucified, risen Saviour, who is, if you like, on our side, who is longing for us to come to him and be part of him. This now is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is with us. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is Within us, the uh, it's not it says you, but the you is plural. The kingdom of heaven is right here, right now, because we have the spirit-filled, believing followers of Jesus collected together as a little colony of the kingdom of heaven. That is who you are. Now, when you look around, it doesn't seem much like it, frankly. You know, you look at me, and oh, what have we got? And we look at Dave here, and you think, well, not really. You look at Johnson, and you think, certainly not. <laughs> and as for Roz, well. But that's not how God sees us. Together like this, he sees this. We are the kingdom of heaven, where we are on earth. The kingdom of heaven is also in heaven, of course. Now, illustration doesn't work perfectly. I'm not going to point out how it doesn't. You might be bright enough to... Spot it. But there is still hell on earth. Do not misunderstand. Manchester shows only too well. There is still hell on earth. But there is the kingdom of heaven here. And right now, as you see love and mercy and care for one another and jokes and life and new life, Every time you have faith rather than disbelief, every time you show a little bit of Jesus' life, the kingdom of heaven is here and will never be lost. Nothing in God's economy is ever wasted. And whilst there might be hell, we have also passed the kingdom of heaven. Part of it, to go back to my earlier illustration, is still up the school, if you like. And then Jesus returns. Thanks, guys. And then we have this again. If you read Revelation, it is a deliberate mimicking of the story of the Garden of Eden. This is what will happen. But do not think you can't experience the kingdom of heaven here and now. Not complete, not in full, but a taste that you will recognise in its fullness as the same thing in principle. And that then is what ascension means. That's where ascension is part of this. It is part of that flow between earth and heaven that means the kingdom of heaven is here right now and part of us. And that is why it's so exciting. It is not just a heavenly full stop for Jesus' ministry. It is the flow of the great eternal plan of God which you, as we follow him, will experience in its fullness. Right, I've talked for ages. Any questions? Because we're small enough for questions. It's easy. If you don't understand, I really want to know, because scratching your ear or asking. <laughs> you can ask me afterwards if you want to. I hope that helps tell you why ascension is so important heaven and earth, begin to intersect in fullness. And we are part of the kingdom of heaven. Now my problem is when I preach, as I did last time, I forgot a hymn last time because I got carried away. That's why I um, ask that I don't lead everything. And so we don't forget. (laughs) Please continue.